Welcome to Asset Management Group's private client-only podcast with Andrew Nida and Mo Param. Welcome to Asset Management Group's private client podcast. It's Andrew Nida and Mo Param here on December the 11th. A good month. Yeah, that's right. Almost here. We are almost at Christmas. Not only is it, a, it just a great Monday because it's not raining, but it's also a great Monday because we have uh, one of our super, well, Mo and I, super excited about a new hire that we've been talking about that starts today. Yes, yes. Um, she's actually in the room right now. Shelly Brockman, our new COO. Really excited. Woo-woo. Let's go, Shelly. <laughs> I'm really excited to for Shelly to join the team. You know, we've been uh, we've been talking about this new addition for a while. Uh, did a lot of searching, um, and uh, we found a great, you know, great addition. So we're excited. Today's her first day and uh, first of many. Oh, man, she got no clue what's coming. Oh, no. You know? No. All of our clients know. know. She, she doesn't know. All of our clients know because uh, because you guys know us, right? Typical guys in leadership. Could you imagine? We need a good <laughs> partner, CO, to come in and just clean it up. It's, uh, yeah, steer the ship a little bit. Yeah, right, right. Get us organized yeah. and... and Maybe all. one day she'll be on a podcast too. I'm sure most of oh, you are no going to be able to speak to her and talk to her fairly soon. But uh, yeah, Shelly, we're excited to, uh, to have you here. Yeah, so keep your eyes out. If you see the email comes uh, come across from Shelly, take the time to uh, congratulate her, say hey to her, all that good, good stuff. So glad she's going to be a part of the team. And once again, just the effort to to make what we do a little bit better. And that means serving you guys better. That's the goal. So Mo, good week for you. Yeah, it was good. We had week. a busy week last week. It was a busy week. We had, uh, let's see, big news here. We had the Christmas parade. So for those who came by, thank you for stopping by. But last Thursday we served, gosh, probably 300, 300, 350 people from oh, our, yeah, our, sure. our, our community here in Cartersville for our Christmas parade. So that was actually awesome. 20 gallons of hot chocolate. A ton of popcorn. Yes. I don't even know. Yes, Santa. We had a legit Santa. We had a legitimate Santa. So yeah, I've been uh, slacking on my on my Facebook postings, but I, I took some pictures. And um, for those who follow me on on Facebook or Instagram, I'll get those up later on. Yeah, today. put that on the company website too. Yeah, Facebook I'll page. Do that. Yeah, you guys stay tuned with that. It was it really is good. If you, if you've been to the office here in Cartersville, we're right literally on the corner of downtown. And so the parade comes right beside our office. And last year we decided to take the opportunity of our location and simply just give stuff away, give hot chocolate away or whatever. And we were blown away yeah. by, and I'll never forget, we got to the end of the parade, uh, not the end of the parade. We got to the end of, of our hot chocolate essentially. And there were still a lot of kids in line and I felt terrible. So mm-hmm. our mission this year was simply to not run out. To not run out. And we did. We, we, we Well, we almost ran out. 20 gallons is not enough. Yeah, well. 20 gallons is not enough for the city of Cardinals. When Mo burns three gallons I of didn't hot do chocolate, that. I didn't do it that. really is not I enough. I did not do that. I did not do that. Anyway, uh, if you need any cooking tips, especially hot chocolate, don't go with Mo. <laughs> I'm your guy. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, so that was a good week just to be able to give back. And then um, and then we also had a company party Friday night. So. That's closed awesome. out a great week and and now the mission is here for the for the firm is just to prepare for next year and once again we got some great things coming to you guys um just some enhancements that we're doing on our end to to deliver a better service so super excited about that now on to one of the most important minutes of the show mo it's time for the bull bear minute that's right so uh yeah so last week the s p gained um gained some ground and for the sixth consecutive week um 
which actually really supports the the narrative of a soft landing. I mean, uh, the S&P over the last, let's see, over the last six weeks, the index is up almost 12%, which is absolutely amazing. Santa Claus rally. Santa Claus rally. And, and I think some of that actually has to do with, I think we talked about this the other day. It was either with you or someone else that, you know, if you looked at any diversified growth mutual fund, right, Um You'll never find one that has a predominant, when I say predominant, 25, 30, 40% overweighting in any one company. Right. And so I think a lot of this, I think some of this rally is a lot of institutional investors are trying to get into the market, right? Uh, and make the end of the year look good for them in their portfolios. So you're seeing a lot of this rally at almost 12%. But, you know, are, you seeing, are you seeing any participation in like small cap and mid cap or is it all just large cap growth? No, small caps, actually small caps led the uh, led led everyone last week. The Russell 2000 was up 1%. Uh, the S&P e, uh, equal weighted was flat last week. NASDAQ up 0.7, Dow Jones flat. But yeah, we're seeing some participation in small caps, which was really, which would have really been hindered this year. A lot of it had to do with the, the banking crisis to start the year. Um, but it's nice to see that the, there's a lot of breath within the overall market. Not and everything is just not dominated by the mega caps. Yeah, no doubt. It is good. You know, from a from an economic standpoint, it's good to see the participation in some of these smaller companies. You know, obviously small and, and small cap companies in the way that we're describing it is still a large company in comparison. Right. But but nonetheless in the US economy, we operate off small company and small business. Right. So to see some of these organizations begin to participate in the overall performance of the S P and and some of the indexes that you're referencing, it's, I think it's a good sign. Mm -hmm. um, now, it may be also supporting the concept that it, a bit too soon to consider cutting rates as well. Right. You know, seeing the participation and then also, you know, to throw out the the employment numbers that came out. I think that also supports kind of a, you know, a heavy uh, momentum as we end the year and start year 2024. November employment report came out and mo above expectation, 199,000 jobs added. Yeah. Um, unemployment rate declined 3.7%. And as you know, the particip participation rate rose. Right. So, you know, continued, I, I would say continuing the narrative. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, more jobs. Um, more people are participating. Not as, not as much. You said the participation dropped a little bit or increased. No, participation rate rose Good. 62.8. Good, good. I mean, that just means that there's, there's now, active people looking for work. Right, right. Absolutely. And the work's available. And the work's available. You know, now wage wage growth, I, I think we're on a, you know, three-month, month-over-month consistent trail of wage growth kind of uh, settling in. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not seeing the significant wage growth, which... You know, truthfully, I think we've been talking about that for probably six months now, how wage growth was just so monumental over the past year and a half, two years, and has really driven a lot of the inflation numbers that we have. Not so much just, you know, available jobs that's been out there, but just the the, the salaries and the wages that people have been able to capitalize on. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, th I think with... <laughs> Probably part part of the deceleration of wage growth also could be that you know companies just don't really feel the need to to hire as well to pay as much because there are still a lot of active actively people looking. Yeah. So there's not like a scarcity of 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 talent out there. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's good. You know, the strong reports. 
again, like you said, still too early, in my opinion, start talking cuts uh, as far as interest rates are concerned. Tomorrow, we'll see what November's uh, CPI looks uh, comes in at. Uh, it's expectations of, I think, 3.1%. So if it if it gets to that close, can get closer to Powell's 2% mark. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think as we've talked a lot about next year, what next year looks like, um, you know, it's so hard to tell. But I think you and I both have come to the agreement that, you know, obviously we're going to see a little bit of a continuation as we end the year into next year. But, you know, with all the spending that we've had normally in Q3 and Q4 in preparation for the holiday season, you get that natural pullback in Q1 of next year. Mm-hmm. Once we see some, you know, earnings reports, I think that's going to, you know, potentially kind of slow the narrative, if you will, of the economy. Um, now, with it being election year, we'll see what happens. You know, yeah. Q3, see if we can't kick on some momentum. No no president wants to run for re-election with a slowing economy. So, you know, maybe we're in for single high single digits. <laughs> <laughs> Mo's like, yeah. don't go down the political route. No, no, we no, won't. no, 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 no. I was going to say, um, this is one of my favorite times of the year with, with the market because we get to see some, uh, a lot of the money managers uh, put out their outlook for the upcoming right. year. So I like to just kind of read the ones that are, you know, like your JP Morgans, your American funds, your main management, you know, those, those large firms, and then come back and revisit it and see how many of them actually were right. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, give everybody a mulligan, right? I don't, I don't think that everyone knows exactly, but it's interesting to see, you know, there's some that say S&P is going to go down to 45, 4,500. There's some that say S&P is going to hit five grand, I mean, five grand, 5,000. So it's always a little, uh, this, this part of the time, this time of the year is always interesting for me. Oh yeah. There was skepticism that the S&P was going to hit 3,500 not too long ago. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. (laughs) 3,500. But it didn't happen. So listen to this, Mo. This is interesting. And then we'll move on to the subject of the day. All right. After seeing, now this was a big hit during COVID. I don't know if you paid much attention to this. Uh, our brother-in-law, Chris, who works in the um, lumber right? lumber yeah. industry, actually, he, he no longer with the company. They now are in real estate specifically. But he he worked for the longest lumber manufacturer and importing company, I guess, to the U.S., Uh, in the world, a company out of Chile. And one of their biggest challenges that they were having during the pandemic and post-pandemic was the containers, shipping containers, okay? Okay. Because shipping containers, if you guys remember, there was a lot of issues with ships being stuck out, you know, not being able to port, not being able to offload. Right. The cost of the containers went, I want to say, and and don't hold me to this, I want to say it went from like 2,500 to 3,000 per container all the way up to like 20, 25,000 wow. a container. It was significant increase. Yeah. Um, so listen to this uh, statement here. After seeing volumes and profits surge during COVID, container ship operators ordered new vessels totaling 26% of global container capacity just in time to see shipping volume sink. Old ships are suddenly being scrapped and overcapacity will persist for years. Um, and this is a report by Maersk, a global shipping bellwether. Listen to this profit collapse from 8.8 billion to 520 million. What? Retailers are cheering as container rentals are down 95% since 2021. How about that? Wow. I don't even know how to digest all that. I don't even, you know, I just, it just literally popped up and I haven't read a whole lot about it. Is that not crazy? If that's, yeah. It's wow. Nuts. But anyway, 
Wow. So I want to read that. Send yeah, it to I me. do too. I'll send it to yeah. you. But um, all right. So, you know, we've we have been wrapping up the year with this conversation just about generosity. And, you know, just from Mo and I's experience, you know, being in, in the business of finance and speaking with many of you guys, many of you guys have have taken on ownership of uh, just, you know, being a good steward and being generous with your resources uh, to the loved ones that you've raised and and have, and have relationship with, also just in general, you know, helping out the community, et cetera. And, um, you know, coming from and being raised by a father who, you know, was in missions. Um, and my, when I say missions, he was in world ministry. Um, you know, we lived off of nearly nothing. And his focus was to use all the resources for mission work. Uh, generosity became like the thing, you know, we lived off of people's generosity. And so, it's an important topic and one close to me. And, you know, I have experienced, I believe Amy and I both, what comes from being generous, the joy that comes from it, mm-hmm. um, on a, and, and not just generous with your finances, but also generous with your time. Right. You know, we, uh, we had the opportunity to participate in hope for Christmas Saturday and hope for Christmas, um, basically is, is a community outreach where, Children and families that are less fortunate have the ability to, uh, whatever the process is, send an application, let's say. And if they're approved, their children make their own Christmas list and people from the community go and buy these gifts. Well, at Hope for Christmas, the day of, there's this whole like event. The kids come, there's a welcoming team, you know, they get them out of the car and they go take pictures with Santa. They walk down the hallways of, you know, we were doing it at the local elementary school. And it's just, you know, it is an opportunity to give, but I'm, I, to be honest with you, just being able to experience once again, the joy that comes from giving, you know, in this situation, it wasn't a monumental, like financial gift. It was just giving of time. Yeah. But, but the opportunity to watch those kids faces, it's, uh, absolutely, absolutely incredible. Yeah. It, it's, it's, you know, I participated in hope for Christmas too. I, I didn't do what you did on Saturday, but you know, my family, we bought gifts. Uh, we sponsored to, uh, one-year-old boys. And it was, it was, it was just great, you know, just knowing that the ability, I mean, the, the simple list, which is, which is always takes me back, you know, it was diapers, um, you know, a, a race car. It was, uh, you hats. know, we bought some clothes and, and hats and, you know, some shoes and it wasn't anything extravagant that, that they were asking or requesting. It was your, your, your basic necessities. And, you know, our family, we participated there and the kids love it because they get to pick up the kid. They get to pick out the gifts for the kids. And, um, you know, I actually took a took a test this this weekend uh, to find out what my spiritual gifts were. And uh, yeah, because we're learning that in my in my um, in my small group right now. And my number one gift, according to this test, is service. Yeah. And, and reflecting back on my life, it's like, yeah, you know, I worked as a, um, as a, uh, a youth, uh, let me put this the right way, a small group youth leader for middle school boys. So from sixth, seventh and eighth grade. So we did that for three years and I had the boys all the way from sixth through eighth grade. So I had, I saw them, you know, mature in their faith. Um, and I've, I've always been able to, I've done mission trips before, so I've always put myself in a place where uh, I put myself uh, at service for others and for my church and, and different ministries. So, yeah, it's always great. You know, the selfish that you, the selfish, you know, uh, uh, satisfaction you get, you know, just when you are blessing people and that joy you feel, 
it's always, I don't know, I, I always find the opportunity to step up and, and help whenever I can. It's, you know, knowing that it's, it is funny how it seems like it's, there's such a challenge with, with giving at times. Um, you know, oftentimes I think there's, there's an emotional response. Maybe you're in a situation where, you know, you, you emotionally triggered to give and you give, but then you step away from that moment and it's, your kind of flesh sets in. You're like, gosh, I don't know if I should have done that or should have gave that much or, right. you know, whatever it may be. Um, I've been working through a book, a book called the treasure principle, uh, by Randy Alcorn. And I, you know, it's an interesting book. I'm not so sure I would recommend everybody to read it, but, um, but it is an interesting book about, about generosity in general. Um, but it brings up, the whole topic of generosity for from a wide range of individuals, both with a, you know, individuals that subscribe to some particular faith and then those that don't. And uh, I remember one of the stories it talks about is Angelina Jolie and some statements that she made on how she would basically give everything up that the most joy she ever has and continues to experience is going overseas and ministering or not ministering, but, but being and serving children mm-hmm. in some of these orphanages. And so, you know, it is, we know that there's a lot of joy that comes from it, but, you know, with some of the statistics that we recently read and that, you know, if you want to throw it out there, it just doesn't seem like that's actually what people choose to do most frequent with their resources. Yeah. So, um, the day after cyber Monday, it's called giving Tuesday. And this is where, you know, uh, you know, organizations are looking for, you know, one of the biggest years for donations. And this year, I think it was $3.1 billion were donated on Cyber, not Cyber Monday, on uh, Giving Tuesday, which is flat from last year. And so when you think about that, it's just, you know, why isn't that day as, as advertised, as marketed, as promoted as, you know, Black Friday, as Cyber Monday, where, you know, both those themes are, even even small business Saturday, all of that is about the consumer spending. Mm-hmm. But Giving Tuesday, it's just it's just a, it's just an it's an afterthought. Yeah, and the you know I'm sure they're you know three point one billion is still a lot of money, right? Don't get me wrong, but when you think about nine point eight billion on Black Friday and almost twenty was it twelve or twenty mm-hmm. billion? I can't remember exactly on Cyber Monday. You know that's small potatoes, right? Right. So you know if 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 those type of efforts or those type of themes, as far as, you know, a day of giving was more promoted, I think that would help struggle those who struggle with actually giving, mm-hmm. you know, just make things a little easier. And it is, and it is one of those things. I think you just, you gotta, you gotta put yourself to the test. You have you to be know? proactive in some areas. Yeah. You have to be proactive, put your, put it to the test and make, make commitments. You know, as you think about next year and, and your approach to next year, you know, we, Obviously, as your financial planner, or, you know we're looking into your plan and we're making goals um, and establishing goals and steps that need to be taken for you next year to get to your you know goals in regards to contributions or savings or whatever it may be. But you know there should be that element as a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know what's what's the commitment look like? What's a good goal for you guys to have uh, to be generous with? And you know beyond that initial step, I think it becomes addicting. You know, it's the initial step that's always tough, right? right? But once you do it, it's no different than any other, you know, discipline in life, right? Um, Getting up and working out. You know, if I could just do it, (laughs) we all know that it would be amazing. Right, Mo? That's right. I worked up this morning. Yeah, Mo. Uh, He says that on the one day that he comes on the show. 
I think you're working <laughs> out five days a week. I don't want to hear it. Oh, I am. I am. Uh, but yeah, you know, anything from, you know, if it's, if it's financial, right. Financially giving, then simple steps as like automating it. Like, I feel personally it's, it's more, it's better for me if I actually, I mean, I do automate save my, uh, my, uh, my giving, but actually if I'm writing a check that feels a little more, I feel more connected with it than just things mm-hmm. coming out automatically. But at the end of the day, the end results is the end results, right? Mm-hmm. So if you struggle with giving uh, financially, automate it. Small number. It's a personal number, right? It doesn't have to be broadcasted. Um, if it's time, if you want to, if you if you feel like service is more of, of your of your uh, of your gift, then pick an organization. You know, even if it's even if it's uh, refereeing your kid's sport, right? I mean that mm-hmm. that still adds up. Um, and like you said, it becomes addicted. Yeah, and I'll throw one more in there before we end the show. Um, another kind of out of the box item would be like, uh, maybe trying to become a respite home, you know, being, being a a family that has participated in foster care, Mm -hmm. um, serving, serving as respite, you're not, you're not taking in a child for some type of long-term commitment, but you get the ability to alleviate those that are, you know, in the grind that are working with foster kids, you know, day in and day out, you know, so you're choosing to basically give that, that family, home a break from fostering for, you know, three days, five days, a weekend or something like that. So, you know, find a ministry or, or an area that you can give back a foundation that you enjoy and that you, you know, you want to support and, you know, see what happens. Yeah. We would love to, you know, our goal is to not just lead a financial firm, but lead a firm that is focused on not just financial freedom, but also financial creation of freedom for, for others kind of out of the box. All right. You got anything else? No, no. I think that was a, a good, a good conversation about gratitude. And um, yeah, if, if anyone uh, wants to participate in anything that we're doing or want us to help participate in what they're doing, just let us know. I mean, we're uh, like you said, we're, we're not just your your financial advisors. We're, you know, hopefully you consider us family. And um, if we can help, just let us know. Absolutely. And if you see Shelly's name come across, take the time, reach out and say, hey, love you guys. Have a great week. And um We'll see you next week. Investment advisory services offered through Asset Management Group, a registered investment advisor. Andrew Knight and Moise Perrin provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company or enter offered through Asset Management Group. By contacting Asset Management Group, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.